Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms and turn to Psalm 8. I will read the entire psalm. Please rise as we, as we read this word. O Jehovah, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the work of, works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, from even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas." O Jehovah, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Let us go to the Lord again in prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. And we ask that this word will be opened to our uh, minds and to our hearts, that we might hear and obey your word by your grace. We pray this to the praise of your glorious name in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Look up. That's what the psalmist says here. As he says in verse um, 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. He starts off in that section by basically he looks up and he's calling us to look up. Now we're probably indoors at the moment. uh, And so looking up, you're going to see your ceiling. But I want you to think about when last time that you truly looked up at the heavens, be it during the day or at night. And as you, as he, uh, the psalmist says here, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, as you look up in a night sky outside of the city, but even in the city, and see the stars and see the sheer number of them, It should bring you to the same contemplation as the psalmist. The psalmist in this psalm starts off and ends the psalm with the same refrain. O Jehovah, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. O Jehovah, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. His name is excellent uh, in all the earth. Above everything, including, as it says here, who have set your glory above the heavens. Even as we look up with the psalmist at the heavens and in some ways are in awe of the sheer magnitude of those heavens. There is nothing before the glory of God. There is nothing before the glory of God. Before his excellent name. 
And it's interesting as we look at this psalm in the context of the other psalms around it. If you look at those other psalms, you'll see in, in, uh, in Psalm 2, for an example, it, it talks about kiss the son lest, <laughs> lest he be angry. It talks about the enemies, those who plot against God. It talks about the trials and tribulations. That if God has those foes and enemies, if you are in Christ today, you're going to have those foes and enemies. We should not be surprised when we have the, the trials that we have. Because if we love Christ, they are going to come after us. But for the people of God in the Old Testament, it was the same. And so the psalmist is giving an encouragement with this psalm. Notice what uh, God says through the psalmist. Out, in an interesting uh, verse, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Now, when you think about a, a baby or a nursing infant, you don't think of strength. They are the most vulnerable of, of people. They're the most vulnerable of, of the creation in many ways. And yet, you see, God is so much greater than his creation that even a babe or a nursing baby or a nursing infant is strength. And God can use that. Even as our own Lord said, as they wanted him to silence the people who were praising him, he quoted Psalm 8. And even said that the rocks would praise him. So all of creation praises God. And all of creation recognizes his glory. But notice why he said that uh, he has ordained strength. Because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. You know, in this time, sadly, uh, that we have so much uh, death because of abortion. It's intriguing to me that the psalmist and, and God would use how important a baby or a nursing infant, something that in our day-to-day -day life, if we don't have one in arms, even when we have a child, we'll often put them aside because we're focused on something else that's going on. And yet let us see that God is interested in the most, the weakest of his creation. His creation as a whole is important to him. And so as we see the magnificence of God, that he is, his glory is above everything. That his name is above everything. That's when the psalmist, in contemplating the heavens, he asks a very important question. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? I was listening to a TED talk, as they call them, and the gentleman was talking about how computers are changing and what, what we're not really thinking about is what happens when the computer becomes more intelligent than a human being. Well, we can have a whole discussion about that and that's not the point. But it was an interesting question because his concern was that it wasn't necessarily that that computer would be malevolent. And yet... You see, I would challenge him. The effects of sin are there in the computer no matter what. 
But again, that's not the real discussion. The point is, is as he's concerned, is it'll become so intelligent that it, the relationship will be as we are to an ant. Now, I would challenge him that the that's nothing compared to what the psalmist is really saying to us here. When I consider the magnificence of your heavens. And I think of your name above the heavens. Then who is man? Why would you have anything to do with him? Even in perfection. We are nothing. But notice something intriguing. Why I brought up that speaker and his statement about our thoughts about the ant. And he went on, he said, well, we're not always malevolent toward the ant. He didn't use those words. That's my words because of the way he said it. You know, we'll step over it when it's on the sidewalk most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. But when it's in our home or our church, (laughs) we want to get rid of it. And yet, Does God care about the ant? Well, you know, he tells us, lowly man, in Proverbs 6, to go see the ant, to learn from the ant, because it is a part of his creation. As to order, rather than chaos. As to carrying out what it was created to do even in in the effects of sin upon the creation. You see, God cares about the ant, too. And so the psalmist contemplates that question. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? And I think it's important for us to see that in this psalm, and it's a relatively short psalm, we have that two themes the excellence of God, the majesty of God above all his creation. And yet this lowly man that he created, but he created to have dominion over all creation. So he goes on to lay that out You have made him a little lower than the angels. Yes, we are a little lower than the angels now. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. God created man, unlike any other part of his creation, unlike the angels themselves in his image. He has given us glory and honor. Lowly, puny, nothing. The relationship between God and man, if we want to equate that to that relationship of man to the ant, uh, we're much closer man to the ant. We cannot begin to plumb the depths of the, of the difference between God and man. Man is the creature. God is the creator. And the psalmist is laying that out here in this psalm. But he's also saying that God crowned 
us with glory and honor. He made us in his image. We are not meaningless to him. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. We are responsible for the care for the life of these animals. And as an extension, not only for those those living animals, but for the flowering fields, for the mountains. Yeah, we are to care about those because they are God's creation and he cares about them. <clears throat> you know, if you want an anthropology, this and the rest of scripture gives us the anthropology. In this day and age, when people are talking about being so-called non-binary, I, I my pity them, and I and I, my heart goes out to the to the uh, sadness of of being so deluded that they would follow something that is so demeaning, so demeaning, when God has given them so much even in their sin, and even in our sin. We have been given dominion over the work of his hands, over his creation. Who is man? I mean, if you measure a man, who is man? The strongest man is probably one of the weakest of creation. Yes, we know how to use tools and to multiply strength, but in reality, if you were going one up against an animal just hand to hand, man is very weak. In the creation, in many ways, we are nothing. But not to God. Not to God. So as we look at this, let's think about it in relation to the time and time of David and the people of God. As, we, as it's talking about the enemy and the avenger. It is God who will silence the enemy and the avenger. It is God who protects his people. They are precious to him. The people of God are precious to God. And he will protect his people. Now what does that mean for us? We are the body of Christ. We're not only uh, created in his image, but we have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. It was a a price that was a, a high price. He paid with his own life. He paid the penalty for our sin. He became sin for us. How is your life today? You know, I've heard many things after the election. People rejoicing. People moaning, people complaining, all of those Christians. And we're concerned about what's going to happen, what's been happening as far as uh, worship. Will we be stopped from worshiping? I don't know. But we need to remember people, uh, as we read in the scriptures, like Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, and others 
who served in a foreign land and worshipped God? Do we have a great God? Or do we have just something that's a creation of our mind like everybody else? Because you see, when, when I heard the man speaking about the computer becoming more intelligent and becoming a God, quote unquote, he showed his foolishness. I have no idea where computers are going to go and probably going long after I'm gone and with the Lord. I have no idea. But I know that God is God and there is no computer that will ever be greater than God. And there is no enemy or avenger who will be greater than God. So as we contemplate life with a virus that may keep us um, restricted for a long period of time. It's nothing new under the sun, by the way. And the travesty of sin as we see it and we think it's never happened before, we have no perspective of biblical history, let alone of any history, if we think that. And the church has always prevailed. God, even when it was in its darkest of moments, when the people of God were in exile, and you would think there is no hope, what were they told to do? Plant vineyards, marry, raise families, work. That's what we're called to do too. That's what the psalmist is reminding us to do. He's also reminding us to remember who we are. And not to fall prey to all that the world is going through. And as I said, nothing new. It might be different terminology. But the world has done this before. Abortion is not new. It might be in the techniques they do and in the scientific quote-unquote cleanness, as they call it. But it's nothing new. In the Romans times, babies were put out to die in the elements. And Christians picked them up and brought them into their homes. Because of what the psalmist is saying. That man is created in the image of God. That man has been crowned with glory and honor. And God has never forsaken his people, nor will he ever. So that's why the psalmist ends as he does. Our, or, O Jehovah, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Brothers and sisters in Christ, how excellent is God's name in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious heavenly Father, we come again before your glorious throne and thank you for your grace and mercy to us. We thank you as we come to your throne knowing that you do hear our prayers and that you do care about us. You care about the ant. You care about every part of your creation. But you have crowned us with glory and honor. We deserve nothing. And you've given us everything. And now, especially in Christ, we are going and are and will be higher than the angels because we are unite, <clears throat> united with you in Christ. Lord, as we go through 
the days ahead. May we remember the words of the psalmist. When we're challenged as to what is humanity, may we remind them that you created man, male and female. And may we stand with humility, but with strength, your strength, to speak the truth in love. When there is uh, challenges and persecution, may we come to you, your throne of grace, often. May your name truly be lifted up and praised, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this sermon helpful, please give us a five-star review as this will help make the Word of God preached more available to others. Also, if you'd like to find out more about our church, you can visit our website at newcovopcssf.com. That's N-E-W-C-O-V-O-P-C-S-S-F dot com.